Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Wisden Cricket Weekly Podcast. I'm Yaz Rana and I'm joined by the magazine editor of Wisden Cricket Monthly and regular guest on the podcast, Joe Harmon. And for the first time, the Evening Standards cricket and rugby correspondent, Will McPherson. Uh, a warm welcome, Will. Let's crack on. Will, what's your moment of the week? Uh, my moment of the week's pretty recent. It happened overnight in Adelaide, uh, where the first test between Australia and India finally got underway. It feels like there's been quite a long build, a sort of Ashes-esque build up to that series, a lot of focus on Virat Kohli. And Australia produced Australia performed quite well with the ball, which we sort of probably expected them to do because they're still that you know, there's been this huge breakup of Australian cricket, but that that superb bowling attack has actually remained unaffected throughout yeah. it. And they did quite well. India two hundred and fifty for nine at the end of the uh, first day. And it was actually the final act of that first day that is my moment of the week. Um which is one of the bowlers doing something when he's not bowling, it was Pat Cummins' absolutely outstanding run out from mid on to get Che Pajara, who got about 120. All the focus had been on Virat Kohli, who Cummins actually dismissed earlier in the day with another piece of brilliant fielding from Usman Kawaja in the gully. But it, Pajara had sort of flown under the radar and he, he's ended up holding India's batting together. And then you know, 87 overs in the dirt, 40 degree heat, Cummins is... Pull off an absolutely outrageous run out at mid on. It was extraordinary, wasn't it? Because no one would have blamed him if he'd just bent down, picked up the ball, yeah. and thrown it back to the bowler. Yeah. But I think he released. I think by the time he released it, he didn't have any. He didn't have either foot on the floor to get the power and the accuracy from that. It was extraordinary. And Kamaj's was probably the the moment of the day, and that it was Kohli that he dismissed. But Cummins, I think, was the more athletic bit of fielding in in some ways. Yeah, but, but it was sort of a greater physical feat. Wasn't exactly. It? Exactly. Yeah, Kamaj's yeah. was sort of all instinct, whereas. Cummins was wherewithal, instinct and skill all wrapped up in one, which was, it was amazing. And, you know, as I said, to, to do it in the timing and things like that at the end of a 40-degree day is just extraordinary. Mm. As you say, people have kind of forgotten the fact that 
Australia's pace attack is so good and put add Nathan Lyon to that. And also in the summer here, uh, India's batting really struggled with the exception of Virat Kohli. If it, Virat Kohli wasn't playing, could easily have been 5-0. Do you, how do you think they'll go the rest of the series? Do you think um, do you think Australia's bowlers will be all over the Indian bat, batting apart from Kohli? Or well, I think Pajara making runs early is is a, an encouraging sign, isn't it? Although the, the rest of the Indian batting was actually some of the shots actually, were awful. The, yeah. Rahul Sharma, Rahane as well, which you wouldn't expect yeah. Rahane. I'm just really wide of off stump, just too loose, flailing away. Off stump. I yeah. think yeah, I think we. You know, sort of saying before that they, I think they maybe thought that runs would come quite easily if they just went really hard at the ball at Adelaide, which is famously flat. We're back on a day game, so the Kookaburra ball, quick bowlers, I just have, have to get anything on it, don't you? And it'll go. But that's been disproved quite quickly. Um, as regards the whole series, it really it is a it is a great matchup given with no Smith and Warner. You know, with, if they were there, I'd, you know, Australia at home, huge favourites. But with the with with that sort of you know bringing a bit more balance back to it. It's basically a question of whether this completely callow Australian batting lineup can provide those bowlers with enough mm. runs. They're going to take 20 wickets a game, you'd think. Yeah. They're just, they're just too good. And also, when you throw in fielding like that, they've bought two wickets with great fielding today, haven't they? So, um, yeah, they'll take 20 wickets a game, all four games, I would think, just as they did in the Ashes last year. Um, but it's just a question of whether Marcus Harris and Peter Hanscom can score the runs that Warner and Smith might have, for instance. And Virat Kohli showing everyone that you can look as good as you want in the net, but it's the runs in the middle that count. <laughs> Joe, what's your moment of the week? Uh, well, the small fry of India-Australia test test match out of the way. Uh, history was made in Sharjah, as I'm sure you're aware this this week, twice, no less, with Bairstow hitting the highest score in T10 all-time history of wow. about three weeks. Uh, and then Hales breaking that record uh, 24 hours later, or less than 24 hours later, 87 not out from 32 balls, eight sixes. At one point, he hit Mohamed Nabi for 32 off Nova. Um, I'm not all that interested to be, in it, to be honest. If I'm being completely honest, uh, I've caught up with the highlights. I wasn't tuning in live to watch it. But I think it's a significant thing that's happening. Um, it's There's a lot of money in that league. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people watching it. Uh, if T10 becomes the new T20, then does T20 become the new 50 over? And in that sense, what happens to 50 over cricket? I think that is... Not in the absolute short term, but I think that that is a thing that we're going to have to have to face. And I might be in the minority here, but I still love fifty over cricket. I think it's uh, I think when you get a good game of fifty over cricket, it's it's uh, not unrivaled because Test matches are still the pinnacle, but it offers a different kind of thing. Um, I think in terms of standard right now, fifty over cricket, in terms of its place in history, fifty over cricket is is the best of the formats now. So like Test cricket now is not as good as it has been in the past. It's still amazing, it's yeah. brilliant. But 50 over cricket is as good as it's ever been, I think. You know, we're really sort of T20 and T10 and things like that. It's driving 50 over cricket forward. And, I, you know, I'm quite lucky that I watch England play all their 50 over games. They are the best team who play it. So, you know, maybe my views skewed a bit because I don't watch Sri Lanka play Bangladesh or whatever. Sure. Um, but I think 50 over cricket is as, or one day international cricket is as good as it's ever been. Whereas other, you know, test, test game probably isn't as good as them. Well, England's ODI captain, Owen Morgan, loves T10 cricket. He thinks it's like baseball, which is Well, he said it's the closest we're going to get to baseball. I, I hadn't quite realised that baseball was the, the, the what NL, we're aiming, yeah. aiming for here. I, I mean, I, I, I always think that baseball is really boring. <laughs> me, me, me too. <laughs> but I realise that's rich coming from a cricket fan. I think yeah, baseball true, fans true. might feel the same. Vice versa. I don't know. I mean, Morgan got a bit of stick, I noticed, on our Twitter feed. Lots of people were saying, what, what's, what's he talking about? 
Um, he also had some nice things to say about the hundred, which is not a way to make yourself popular with the uh, county cricket Twitter arty out there as well. But I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, it's Morgan, ECB stooge, captain." I don't really buy that. I think Morgan's shown throughout his career that he is independent-minded, and I think he genuinely, whether you agree with him or not, is different. But I think he genuinely thinks the hundred is is a good thing. He's always been at the forefront of change. He was pushing for England players to be playing in the IPL long before it was fashionable. In fact, when it was distinctly unfashionable. Uh, and he's always spoken his mind. He didn't tour Bangladesh, which was a hugely unpopular move. So he doesn't just toe the line. I think, as I say, you might not agree with him, but his opinion is worth listening to. And I think it comes from a from a genuine place. Um, last week, well, the 100 regulation, playing regulations were announced. Um, anything particularly interesting in that that we didn't know already? Uh, I think it... I went up to the trials in September at Trent Bridge, uh, and I think it was basically what we were expecting from that. You know, this five ball, you don't want to call them overs because they're sort of like sets or something in and over, over maybe 10 balls. You swap ends every 10, the two bowlers can bowl that slot. And it it is a bit, you know, it's slightly baffling when you, when you, when you sort of tune to follow cricket the way we do with six ball overs and swapping each one, it's constantly think they're one, one short. As a... <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was, and they're, I mean, at the trials, there's a few things I actually do quite like that I think will end up, but they're not sort of fundamental. So um, they'd got rid of crossing, for instance, uh, at the trials, which I think is okay. quite a cool idea, which is ba- basically saying that. Um, you know, if a bowler gets a wicket, he should be rewarded by always bowling at a new batsman um, rather than, um, than, you know, getting caught in the deep and having crossed and then you've got a bloke who's 60 not out on strike or whatever. So I think that is, I think that's quite good. I don't, what I don't quite understand is why you couldn't just incorporate that into T20. And because <laughs> my, my view on the 100 is that I think it, the, the intentions are actually sort of vaguely noble. They're quite a good idea to try and get a game into a slot that, broadcasters will take and that is a bit different but the trouble is it, it is going to end up making the sport more complicated because say you do have uh, a thousand children come here to the Oval and watch up the hundred and see it as a sort of gateway drug and then they're then going to go and watch a T20 game and it's getting slightly longer and the overs are different lengths and actually I think it's more confusing than you know than it would be if we just kept everything standardised um, it's yeah. just a bit baffling. Basically. It's been yeah, and it's been a sticking point for a lot of people. I think that that level of complication. But you were you've been firmly against it. I would say from the from the very very start. Is that stance softened a little, or is it just a case of it's happening? We might as well get on board. I think it's a case of um, yeah. I I don't think my I think it's just more hassle than it's worth. I think a new competition was a huge risk that I was prepared to get behind. Uh, but this is. A new competition with a new format is just a risk too far, mm. basically. Is is it really a risk though? Because if, uh, the, as you say, the intentions are good, and we want to see, we want to see cricket on free to air television. Alistair Cook didn't score a test run on free to air television. Ben Ben Stokes, Joe Root, Josh Butler are incredibly marketable cricketers, and they are in other parts of the world, but they aren't in the UK. Um, the Big Bash has done wonders in Australia, is getting new people into the game. And I think, personally, I think at the end of the day, if Joffrey Archer's bowling to Josh Butler in whatever format, cricket fans are still going to watch it. Like Even if you have new regulations, they're still going to watch it. But the most important thing by a mile is to get people who ordinarily wouldn't have watched cricket coming in and watching it on TV for the first time. I know places like the Oval sell out in 2020 in the blast anyway. Um, but it's about getting people on TV at home watching it. Um, and I, I don't see how is that a bad thing. I, I, I agree with everything you've said. 
but I still don't see why that means the 100, 100 is necessary T20. over T20. Yeah. We, to, get it, to get it to be short enough I think. for broadcasters But the, the broadcaster, they've already been signed. That's that's one of my main frustrations with the whole thing, that the idea that we've been forced into this position mm. by the broadcasters. Unless there was a part of the deal that wasn't said vocally, which is which is possible, but that the deal was done for a new 20-over competition to be shown um, on terrestrial, or some games on terrestrial TV, then we change to the hundred. So the chronology broadcasters doesn't. Broadcasters were always going to like that change because broadcasters are, you know, there's a sort of element of blue sky thinking in the same way that there has been at ECB, where something's new and shiny. So broadcasters are going to like it more, aren't they? So it was mm. kind of it was sweetening the deal with them, if anything. I think. But yeah. I just, I just, I'm, I'm with Joe. Like I, you've got to, if you are anti the hundred, like I am. You've got to hedge your bets a bit because it might come to that first night at one of these grounds, and it might there might be a TV audience of millions. It might be just the most perfect game of cricket, hundred ball cricket you've ever seen, and it might just be so good. I just I just still think done it with T Twenty, just smart. Yeah. Get force captains to tighten up, get the game going quicker, uh, and then like these new little zany innovations like timeouts or um, no crossing and stuff I think they would have been could have been incorporated really well and you sort of say well this is a bit of a new chapter for T20 cricket where we've we've looked at 15 years of T20 cricket and this is how we think we can improve it and speed it up and all that kind of stuff it's a great product we're going to make it better rather than starting again yeah I think it's you can have a position where as I do I think it's going to be a success but I'm still a bit frustrated that we've come come this far with a different format but you know got to get on board Exactly. And uh, and yeah. I think it will be a success. But the argument is, if you're going to put that much money into anything, it it would have been a success. Um, and that, that's the that's the slightly the, the, the key the key thing was getting some kind of franchise cricket where it was condensed and on free to air TV, and they seem to achieve that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as I said, I don't I don't think it matters because cricket fans are going to enjoy it anyway. Um, and we just want to see new people in. And if maybe cricket is too complicated, and if from a marketing point of view, we can tell people this is actually cricket, but simpler and more exciting and shorter. I don't think that's a bad thing. I can't. I don't think it's going to be. Um, I don't think it's going to be a failure. Personally, I think no, it's I, going to be I good. Think it, I think it will end up being successful. I mean, I, I'm also whilst being anti hundred. I also think the, bra- the blast is a dog ordinary competition. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, I quite like it. So Why when the schedule it? came out, what when was it last? Last Couple week, some time ago. I just looked at that and I was like, how on earth does that take two and a bit months? Like, People talk about taking huge chunks out of the English summer. The blast is a huge problem. 18 teams, far too many, all of them have played far too many home games. I think it's just bloated. It's long. It's So you're talking about the structure of it? Because when I actually watch the matches, I don't think it's a, well, I it's think, a bad competition you know, I, don't, I don't think that the standard's bad or um, you know, I like the team identities and stuff, but I just think it takes far too long and I think it, it just, it's sort of, just it just is a slow competition to me, and I also think uh, the best of a blast is as good as anything. But there's also mm. some terrible stuff in the blast as well. Mm. You know, you, you get some of those games that Sky Show sort of have to show Derbyshire Northampton or whatever on a Tuesday night, and you're watching it going, "God, this is 130 playing 130 on a pitch that's already been used 12 times this season because English cricket just keeps hammering away. It's just yeah. it's just not a great product. But then you get Roses Night or London Derby and, and Finals Day. Spectrum. Yeah, yeah Finals Day is Finals so day. good. Yeah, and it, yeah. Um, all of it's spectacular. But I just don't think I'd, I'm not one of those sort of. I'm not a blast evangelist. I think if they all had four or five home games each, that'd be fine. But that doesn't keep the coffers spinning enough. So. You do yeah. worry about the future of the blast, though. With the hundred, are they going to be playing uh, the two tournaments at the same time? Is that no. right? Or are they no, going to be totally be 50 separate? Over. Okay, we'll be at the same times for. Uh, the blast thing. So it's it's quite it's classic English cricket, isn't it? Get absolutely superb at fifty over cricket for the first time yeah. in one day cricket's existence, 
uh, and then the year after, you fingers crossed, win you might win a World Cup or have your best chance ever to win a World Cup with your best team ever by a mile. Just consign fifty over cricket. Teams <laughs> We've done it, haven't we? Completed. Yeah, yeah, completed fifty it. over cricket completed, and we can focus on the new one. Yeah. <laughs> well, on T uh, Twenty, that old school form of cricket, uh, <laughs> Sam Curran is eyeing up an IPL deal. Um, do you guys think that's a good thing, Curran? Is that a way of him trying to force his way into the World Cup squad? Um, or I, my, my personal worry is that he'll end up sitting on the bench of an IPL team and not playing county cricket in the run-up to uh, the Ashes, where I think he's far more likely to play in Port Royal for England next summer. That's got to be a concern, and we've seen it happen before. His, his teammate Jason Roy has had um, some frustrating times at the IPL. Um, I think at the moment, I, I can see why he wants to go and do it. I mean, he's a hugely exciting cricketer who loves a big occasion. The bigger the game, the bigger the crowd, the better he seems to play. So I think in those sense, he's a perfect fit. Interesting that, I mean, he's not a fantastic T20 cricketer yet in terms of the, the performances he's produced. That's not, not to say that he can't become one. He is only 20. He is only 20. He is only 20. Um, personally, I, I'm I'm excited at the prospect. I'd like to see him playing in the IPL. Um, I think he'll get enough games under his belt to be to be ready for whatever England challenges come come that summer. Yeah, I think, I think the IPL is also happening a bit earlier next year, which means players from England will miss less. Uh, county cricket and stuff like that. I don't think you'll get him a World Cup squad. Actually, I think they'll just. Do you not? No, I don't. I think I think it's easy to forget how good David Willey's been uh, over the last year or so. Like he had a really good summer. I was thinking about this the other day because it would be, I think, on the face of it, unfair to drop Willie based on what what he's done. Mm. But if you've got a World Cup semi final, thirty needed or fifteen balls, well, do you want do you want Willie or do you want Curran? That's thing. You know, you sort of uh, when Curran first played ODI cricket, he played that game against Australia where Butler produced that extraordinary innings in Manchester early in the summer, that was his debut, and you'd have said that Willie was a much better sort of batting option at that stage, mm. but the way but Curran batted in the test matches in Sri Lanka, um, just the cleanness of his hitting, and maybe he maybe he's a, a more, maybe he's you know, he's a better hitter now than Willie is, but he's obviously a better batsman, he's a more sophisticated batsman, he's made yeah. a better hitter as well, although I do wonder whether um Clearing ropes in Test cricket's a bit easier for him because he can pick his ball a bit more. Whereas in fifty over cricket, at the end of an innings, it's sort of every ball you've, has got to go, hasn't it? So. And he hasn't re- he hasn't played standout fifty over knocks, has he? In county cricket, particularly no, that I can. Right. He had uh, the one day cup final when he was still a child, when he was seventeen. He got thirty I think. odd, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, when sorry, sorry, threw that game away. Um, Lost a short one, yeah. On on Willie, I'm, I've actually been writing a piece this, yes, on uh, <laughs> Joffre Archer this week, basically arguing that England has got to get him in the World Cup side. Basically, looking at the numbers over the last couple of years, England have two standout seamers by a mile. Plunkett, who's got 55 wickets at 24, Wokes has 41 wickets at 23. Willie's got this reputation for being this new ball bowler who gets wickets early doors. He actually averages 45 in the power play in the last two years. That is I, that is surprising because he does in my mind yeah. he takes a lot of early wickets, yeah. particularly in his first or second over. But I think that's but he, it. Does he, also, that he does also he does also go he does also go for runs. One um, thing one thing about Willie that I think has evolved over the last year is that I, up and you know a year ago I'd have said yeah yeah he's he's good with the new ball but you probably get six overs out of him mm. and then you're done. Um, but actually in the summer when Wokes wasn't around and they were a bit sh- Curran wasn't Tom Curran wasn't around either he bowled at a death and he actually. Did quite well, um, and I don't know whether that's because Australia were pants or yeah. because because mm. um, he was actually doing well. But the the record was good. Mm. So I I I well one thing I would say is I don't see both Archer and Sam Curran being in the World Cup squad. 
Looking at the stats of the last few years, so England have never have only ever lost one game when Plunkett, Wokes, and Rashida played. That's twenty two games and they've only lost one. Seam bowling department, Plunkett and Wokes are way ahead of everyone else. They average in the low twenties. Wicket are genuine wicket taking options. Wokes averages seventeen in the in the power play in the last two years at an economy rate of just over four and over. Um, but there's an obvious spot on the team, I think, for a third seamer. Obviously, Stokes plays as, an, as the all-rounder in the sixth bowling option. Um, and I think Curran's, Tom Curran's a really good death option. He's actually done well when he's opened the bowling as well. He averages 21. Um, I just think Archer's just... He's, he's the, he was the quickest bowler recorded in the Big Bash uh, and the Blast and the IPL, I think, in the last year. Just, I don't see... He just has an irresistible option to have. Like you've literally been given him on a plate. More, you know, Morgan, Cup, yeah. Morgan said when we were in Edinburgh in June or whatever it was that he didn't see Archer coming, even if he qualified or whatever. He didn't see him. It's too late. The plans are set. All that kind of stuff. But actually, uh, he is. He has sort of also spoken about how the one missing piece is a gun, fast bowler, exactly. and all that kind of stuff. So I think he will. Morgan's nothing if not pragmatic as well. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he he will do what is needed, and and I think he does have a lot of say in, in team selection. Definitely, with, yeah. definitely. And well, basically, when we left Sri Lanka, when we ODI squad left Sri Lanka, uh, the way I saw it was that uh, with what is it, uh, eleven games to go or six, no, five games till the squad is actually mm. named. Um, I saw it as there were six fast bowling spots in the squad, one of which goes is includes Stokes, includes Wokes, and Plunkett, you know, provided he sort of clings on. I think the World Cup will be the mm. end of his England career, but he, he would take one. I think Tom Curran will get one. Yeah. I mean, I think there's one left armour spot and one quick bowler spot. And at that stage, Archer wasn't on the radar so I thought it was Stone or Wood was sort of playing for a spot. Wood being the guy who's been there for quite a long mm. time. He also had quite a good summer. Um, he did well for the Lions in this series. Yeah, in, and they, uh, they'll the be loath to get rid of him, I think. And, and Stone sort of was brilliant at first. Everyone was like, oh, this is the answer. He, he's going to take Wood's place. And then he sort of faded a bit. And he's not played a it. huge amount of white no. ball cricket generally, has he? Mm. I, I think Stone's a, a, an out, outlier at the moment yeah. now. I think Mark Wood's in trouble. I think... I think they they want him in that squad ideally, yeah. but unless he's bowling really quick, mm, which, which he hasn't he really been does. for a while, yeah. Um, and with Archer coming through, I think he is probably in trouble, which is such a shame because the Mark would have three years ago, um, would have all wanted in that squad. Yeah. But it, it, the reality is he's, he's not really been that bowler for a while, even though he's a, he's adapted his game quite well, I think. But he's not doesn't offer quite he's what also, he's used to. He's also capable of um, being that bowler in fits and starts and particularly at the start of the series so remember in Australia in January where mm. England had been thrashed all over the country in the tests and Wood had been with the Lions and carrying drinks and that sort of stuff and then he played the first ODI I think he bounced Warner out if I remember correctly and everyone was like oh, where's this guy been but then actually even by the end of that series his pace had tailed off mm. a bit and he wasn't looking quite the same threat um, so I think if, if they you know assuming Archer gets qualified and they don't just be as long as they're not being sort of perverse and very or very loyal to the guys who've got them to be a good mm. team. I would think he would come in and and he bats, he bats and, and fields. And he's fields such a good fielder. Yeah, so, it's I mean, almost that's... like having another Stokes in the outfield. Yeah. Um, I think the fact they pick Stone for Schlanker in the in the white ball series uh, just shows they're desperate to have an extra fast bowling option. That. Yeah. Um, and if 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 we had a, an amazing, a brilliant top order batsman that just qualified for England, I think everyone would be hesitant to get them into the team because we have so many batting. But Archer is arguably the player we've been looking for for the last three years. On squad selection, the England squad gets announced for the West Indies tour on Monday. 
Um, we we don't think Archer's going to be in it. We don't because no, he won't be qualified not, in time. He won't be qualified by the start of that tour, and I think um, I think we're just he you know there's a few reasons why we'll just wait a few more a few more weeks. And there's I suppose there's an outside chance if he didn't go to a big bash or something like that. There's an outside chance he could be ready by the White Ball Games in February, but I just don't. I don't see it. And you made the point that uh, the regulations don't actually come into place until January, uh, yes. so it'd be weird it'd to be select to name somebody name who's not actually qualified yet December, yeah. under the old rules. Um, any any names that we're likely to see or could I see think, that weren't in Sri Lanka? I think I think uh, I'd be surprised if Joe Denley goes again, mm. uh, and I don't see any point in Ollie Pope going again um, because the Lions are playing in India in January. And I think he should just do loads of line stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought it was wrong to pick him in the summer. Uh, I thought it was too early. And I'm sort of, I haven't seen anything to change my view. I think Denley will go. I think Roy will get called, which would be very exciting. That would be exciting. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're keen to keen to get him in there. They've wanted Surrey to bat him at, at three, which they did at the back end of last season. Um, got a few runs for the Lions about absolutely mm. tearing up. Um, and I think they do think him at three against Australia I think they were looking that way. I think Bearstow yeah, now back in three and scoring hundred, then yeah. that's kind of yeah. Well, who, who knows what? That, but I think Bearstow will. I now see Bearstow batting three in the first Ashes Test because I don't think he'll lose his spot based on what he does no, in the West do Indies. Something in the Caribbean, way. Yeah. Caribbean, I think would be actually in a weird way an even nicer place to bat three than Sri Lanka these days. And that you get some pace on the ball up top, you can yeah. sort of get yourself in, and then you will face a fair bit of spin. Afterwards, so uh, I think he'll. I think Bester will go well there, which means suddenly, you, if you did want to get Roy inside, he's opening, which is also could you still know, happen. It could still happen. Um, to be honest, I'd have. I would have more confidence uh, in him opening in Birmingham in August than Keaton Jennings probably. So um, we'll see. That is the thing. We are only four tests away from the Ashes, and yes, with well, a great respect to West and Indies and Ireland, our, our first teams for the first test. Yeah, already. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, true, true. There is like pretty much an entire county season to go. <laughs> somebody could do well and force their way into the team before, before then. Um, no one else we think will come in. Do you think Stone will retain his place in the um, test squad? I don't know. I thought. Uh, I think they'd always planned to take Jamie Porter on the Caribbean half of this winter. I don't know who for exactly, but I think that was always their plan. Um, but I don't really see how they can do that yeah. now because Stone didn't play in Sri Lanka and therefore, unless, he, unless he's a terrible mixer of cordial or whatever, he, he can't. <laughs> I can't quite see how he's gone backwards in yeah. his standings. Um, Wokes will go, um, and neither of them played a game. Broad only got one game. I mean, it's always ridiculous taking three spare spare seamers to Sri Lanka, wasn't it? It felt time. like it was having a proper look at Stone rather than. Mm. I know there was chat about him potentially coming in for that that final test. But I think that was really from fans wanting to see a new face. Mm. There was no real kind of logic to it at that at that stage. It wasn't as if um, he was going to bowl that much anyway. No, <laughs> exactly. And they wanted to have a proper look at him. I reckon also to sort of test him physically as well and see if, if he's going to be capable of potentially playing a role in, in the Ashes because he's got a horrendous uh, injury mm. record. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'd be surprised. It'd be seem kind of odd thinking to then just ditch him at this stage. Obviously, the India-Australia series is getting a lot of uh, attention. Um, but there's another really good series going on at the moment that's going into its final day. Pakistan versus New Zealand, one all, going into the fifth day of the third deciding test match. All three results are still possible. Um, New Zealand are 200 odd before. 200, yeah, 200 ahead. Williamson got 100. Um, big fifth innings, uh, fifth wicket partnership uh, there. It's been a great test series. Yasir Shah broke the record uh, today for the, to become the 
fastest man in terms of test played to get to 200 wickets. That's an amazing stat because he's not only the fastest, he's the fastest man by three tests. Yeah. And it's an 82-year-old record yeah. or something. So that that is actually remarkable. And Because he, he bur- really burst onto the scene chart. I mean, he actually went seemed to go a bit quiet. Didn't yeah. He? he had a horrid tour to Australia, didn't he? Had he had a bad tour to Australia. Yeah. And then they played England earlier this year, obviously, and he was injured, I think, wasn't he? So um, he didn't play in that. And then you so, so I'd sort of not forgotten about him, yeah. but I didn't, maybe didn't appreciate that he is averaging 23 or something after after 35 tests as a leg spinner it's mm. just remarkable I mean he's not going to quite break the record but he there's a one point in this test match where he could have realistically end up with the most wickets ever taken in the three match series um, he's taken 20 27. 27 yeah it's yeah. extraordinary isn't it quiz question for both of you so Yasser Shah uh, is the quickest man in terms of matches to 200 wickets but do you guys know who's the quickest in terms of balls Yasser Shah's third who are the two people ahead of him Ashwin yeah he's number one number two um, I think leg spinners. Vaughan. Nope. Right country, though. McGill. Yeah, it is Stuart McGill. Right. Um, that's been a great series. I just, I just want New Zealand to play more cricket. Every time they play, they're, they're always good to watch. It's they quite an interesting day for Williamson tomorrow. I mean, does he, do they, they're 200 ahead, do they have a dart? Do, do they care about winning the series, or do you just accept that one all in the UAE is a result that almost every team would bite your hand off for? It's Penn an interesting Zealand, test yeah. of, of Williamson's captaincy as well, because under McCullum, no doubt no, what yeah, they'd have yeah. done. Williamson is, is a naturally more pragmatic conservative, human, yeah. pragmatic <laughs> character, um, which is one of the, the best things about his batting. It's why mm. he's so successful. Be interesting to see if that is also how he sees captaincy as well, and whether he'll be prepared to they've got a, go they've, for a win. They've got a bit of batting though, with Grandholm and Watling's there, and so maybe Grandholm comes in next and gives it a biff and morning, just see where you can get yeah, at lunch. And that's it, the way to do it. Isn't it's it? it's also quite hard to score quickly. I feel in the UAE on day five, so if they leave so two hundred and forty yeah. uh, from two and a bit sessions, they'll dangle the carrot a little bit. But in reality, I don't see Pakistan actually trying to chase that and um, get a few early wickets. Side to really have a dart exactly, as well exactly really. yeah, yeah. as a man was playing maybe. yeah, yeah. Like that. Um, so anyway looking ahead to the next week Joe what's uh, what are you looking forward to from the next week in cricket um, shameless plug obviously uh, Wisden Cricket Monthly magazine yep. that you may have heard of um, is going to print on Wednesday um, so that will be out the following Thursday um, and we have put together rounding off the year we've put together our teams of the year a test team a women's cross format team an ODI team and a T20 team and we've asked all our writers and contributors to uh, help pick the team so obviously I cannot reveal those teams <laughs> yet because then you just wouldn't buy the magazine would you so uh, but it's been interesting it was interesting talking about New Zealand their lack, their lack of test matches it's very hard to justify picking any of their players because they just haven't, haven't actually played enough so Williamson was in the mix I won't say if he was there or mm-hmm. not um, and obviously our cut off date was before the second test of this series as well so that perhaps counted against him again without Don't giving too much away, away. <laughs> um, and elsewhere in that magazine um, Phil Walker interviewed Jason Holder who is over in England getting some treatment for an injury um, and spoke to him about well the, the hardest job in cricket I think is how, how, how <laughs> Phil pitched it been given the job at 23 as captain of the West Indies, all these kind of big beasts lurking in the background, putting the boot in every now and again when things don't go right. Uh, but he, he does it with a with a bit of class, even though the results don't necessarily always always go their way. He's still only 27, isn't he? Amazing. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Has been around forever. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's another thing to look out for next week. It's basically, we're at that time of the year, aren't we, where everyone's 
at the end of end of year teams, and you'd probably want about seven bowlers in your test team of the year this year, and barely a batsman. But maybe Josh so Butler many seamers, so many seamers, not that many spinners as well, actually, because Yasser Shah hadn't really done what he's mm. what he's done until until that point. There was quite of outstanding performance like Ashwin and Edgbaston, for instance, but not Ashwin, Jadeja, yet. Maharaj. There wasn't much to um, and Pereira, not much to pick between them, really. Mm. Will, what's, what are you looking forward to the next week? I'm looking forward to a moment of blessed relief, which will hopefully come tomorrow, which is Friday uh, this week, but will seep into next week, which will be the end of the Ben Stokes saga, which has taken up, um, well, we're into the 16th month, I think. It's 16 months of his life, 16 months of many other people's lives. How many um, words do you reckon you've written on, on Ben Stokes? In the many and... thousands, <laughs> definitely. Um, and he's in this, he's got this CDC hearing which ECB continues to insist is at an arm's length from them, um, independent, all this kind of stuff. But they will decide what uh, cricketing sanctions uh, he and Alex Hales are due for their uh, naughty work in Bristol, what day was it, September 25th, early hours of September 25th um, last year. What do you think will be the outcome of it? I think actually they've let it rumble on so much, but they're sort of damned if they do, damned if they don't, because um, if they punish, particularly Stokes now... um, I think it's just so far after the so long after the fact, and it's even it's five months after since he was cleared in court of any well not any wrongdoing but of a fray, mm. um, and it's just rumbled on so long. And Stokes's rehabilitation in cricket terms is so clearly underway as well. You know, the just and Bayless was at pains to make that point. Yeah, wasn't he, he sort of, Bayless was almost begging them not to give him like anything that. more. Yeah. I mean, Bayless would. You know, would follow Stokes into battle at every opportunity because he just loves Apart it. Apart from in Bristol, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, uh, I think now it just sort of it's just rumbled on so long. I, well, after the trial in August, I remember writing when that very close to deadline, I'd sort of had to shuffle something out. But it was, um, it was. I, I said, you know, he he should still get more cricketing punishment. But now I don't think that because so much time's passed and I'm so bored of it and fed up with it. I think it, I think he served his punishment and he is. Um, whether with the help of Bayliss and Root and that kind of thing, I just think his rehabilitation is underway. He's working harder than he ever has. All that kind of stuff. What about Hales? Do you think he'll? Be I think Hales. Well, Hales only missed two ODIs, and I probably would be of a mind to. While he, you know, didn't get in quite as much trouble, I don't doesn't mean he wasn't doing anything wrong that night. Um, so I think he is without trying to predict too much of what they're going to do. I think he's probably in more danger. But I would probably what I'd probably do is give them whatever sort of whatever. Sort of, I don't know quite how to phrase it, but whatever sort of cricket community service style thing they can give yeah. them, give them as much of that, especially next year, is quite a good time to be doing World Cup and Ashes. Give them lots of that. Try not to ban them from cricket because I do think um, a corner has been turned a bit and we could just start to move on with our lives. <laughs> but whatever they do get, they will appeal because they're denying the charges. So um, it may be I'm being wishful in saying it's going to end next week and maybe it'll go into a third year and a 17th month and things oh, like please that no. <laughs> please no but that's the end of the pod folks uh, thank you Will we enjoyed having you on for your debut hope you enjoyed it too Joe thanks as ever thanks Jazz um, please subscribe tell your friends and share the podcast with everyone see you next week Podcast Network.